Hey everybody, welcome to another uh, spectacular episode of the Collective Podcast. Um, this this episode we're going to have um, a really awesome creative artist, um, does concept art for clients and stuff, um, worked with like um, Microsoft and does a lot of stuff with Nintendo and like we just spoke about, you can't really expose and talk a lot about that kind of stuff due to NDAs and stuff, but um, really what I think uh, most people know him for and, and based on his art is uh, some of his personal work um, and he's created a book. Uh, called Born in Concrete, the EK series, uh, and it's a really awesome book. I got a hold of it um, about three or four weeks ago, finally. Um, I don't know what the deal is. I think I ordered it, and then it was on hold or something. I can't remember. And then uh, I just really connected with what he was talking about. I know that you guys out there will as well. Um, one of the things that resonated with me personally is that he was getting kind of emotionally exhausted or just kind of exhausted with all the stuff that he was doing for clients basically and, and and found that once he started to refocus his desires and goals on his own imagination was he able to create this really cool series of really interesting um, imagery that can really allow for some really interesting storytelling and stuff so but without further ado I want to introduce uh, today's guest uh, Derek Stanning what's up dude uh, not much man just uh, you know working at home and uh Taking some time off to talk to you guys, and uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you again too. I know that you're busy, uh, alongside of doing art and stuff like that. He's just like myself. He's a dad as well. So, and I know it's challenging to kind of you know get time for certain things like this. But so I appreciate. I know everybody out there appreciates it. This is going to be a good one because I think a lot of us can all connect with the idea that when we originally intended to create work like this as kids. You, you know, when you're drawing as a kid, would you have like a boss come up and say like, hey, can you make his head bigger? And it's like, no, that's not what we did it. You know, like we did it because we had fun being imaginative and, and playing, you know, with our imagination. And, and I think that you tapped into it. And that's what I connected with, you know, out of out, alongside the imagery. I also connected with the idea that you're just drawing and having fun, you know, like you're finding that core again, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the, uh, you know, working as a child analogy with, and also the idea that, you know, growing up, you, you know, I always wanted to be an artist and always loved drawing and all that stuff. And, you know, once that, once your passion becomes your job, it can, uh, it can change a lot and your perspectives can change on it a lot. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, as you mentioned with this series, it was about getting back to that, you know, getting back to that, just letting the material come out of you with no other external pressures, whether it's, like you said, you know, your art director or your boss or whoever saying they want these changes or there's, you know, a box to create in because it's a particular kind of product. So, yeah, it was more about getting back to that. And as you mentioned, you know, I, when I started working on this, it was an outlet because I had been working in the production realm for numerous years and just cranking on other people's stuff all the time. And, and uh, the interesting thing, not only was it about getting back to that style of creation, but I also kind of noticed in myself that there was this, uh, my change in perspective, you know, I was working on production art so much that even when I had time to work on my own stuff, it was all 
fitting into that production mode, you know, like it was, it was okay. Well, what's, what's the story here? You know, what's the, um, you know, who are these characters? What's their backstories? What emotion am I trying to hit here? And just all that stuff you think about when you're doing production work was invading, you know, my creative being like on every level. And, uh, I just felt, you know, every time I went to create my own artwork, it was following that that path or that process and doing that at work and then doing that in my free time when I had it, it just, you know, just burning out on it. So yeah. this this project just one day just dawned on me. It just kind of hit me like a freight train. And You're on like was, a Christmas break, right? So you actually had to like, you gave yourself a moment to kind of rest and, and reset yeah, a little bit. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was... Uh, I was on a Christmas break, and which goes to show uh, how important breaks are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we don't totally. take them. Yeah, usually. Totally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was just hanging out with the kids and sitting on the couch, and you know, reading. Uh, came across this article on uh, Antarctica Kunst, which is where the name EK comes from, um, and suddenly all these images and stuff just kind of poured into my head and. It was kind of one of those really nice moments of totally uh, just creative inspiration. Sure. You know, you're not you're not looking for it. You're not searching for it. It just kind of happens. Yeah, I think and, you are. You just don't know it. Or maybe you've stifled that voice. You know, like you've kind of like you maybe, know what I'm yeah. saying. I think that it, I think that things happen for a reason, um, whether we know it or not. You know, and I think that sometimes our body tells us things without us really. You know, I think there's this weird thing that we have an intended path, you know, and when we stray away from it, it's good. It's good to learn the other values and the other things, you know, because, you know, you can't just do certain things. It's important to learn different lessons in life, I think. But I think that um, the further away you stray from it, though, your true intent, um, the harder your life becomes, I think, you know. I think finding that core system of what your most amazing talents are and and, 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 and using them is the key to, to success, I think, in life personally. Or at least that's where I found my bliss, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, and that's, you know, I'm, I hear you. Like, that's, even when I'm working on stuff for clients, it's all about finding that little nugget in there that really appeals to you, you know, and really inspires you. Yeah. You know, maybe it is that little you know, that little something that aligns itself with, like you're saying, like your path or your, your, your bliss, your, you know, whatever you want to call it. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's that element that can really inspire you to create great work and carry you through projects. Maybe you're not hundred percent stoked on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and all that, you know, it's a challenging thing. I, be, I, I also really want to talk to you about kind of like we can go into depth and, and since we're not talking about one particular client, I think that we can probably talk about the act of the art, the, the art of, of pushing on, you know, basically where, where you aren't really satisfied and you're not happy, but you know, you need to keep pushing on because the expectations, you know, like you have a client relying on you you have a family relying on you to pay the bills and all these kind of things as well and so you must push on and you must dig deep inside yourself to push forward but that can lead also to being burnt out like we talked about um, a little bit and and how you can it came to your resolve and what I was saying is maybe I'm right maybe I'm wrong I just I know that our bodies and our mind um, 
you know, like, a, it's, it's always, it's always moving. It's always doing something, you know? And I mm-hmm. think that when you hit these moments of just pockets, you know, you're just like, oh shit, I think maybe it's because you finally had a moment to rest your brain, you know? And then you're like, sure. oh wow. Okay. This has been something unconsciously that I've been thinking about for a while. And then now I'm finally able to, to, you know, put some thought to it, you know? So I apologize. Uh, you're, you said you're reading an article and then, um, something hits you. I think it was like the images or something or the ideas. Yeah. It was just, you know, the, uh, you know, all the kind of motifs and images that comprise the series just, you know, suddenly appeared in my head and, you know, just had this desire to, you know, start creating, you yeah. know, and I think it was, you know, that night, you know, just started sketching and, you know, sketched out and actually kind of visualized just in really rough form, like, you know, 20 or 20 odd pieces, you know, that were just kind of flowing and coming. And, uh, yeah. And then, like you said, now, you know, with that inspiration, it kind of pushed me forward and I started, you know, cranking on those images, Yeah, you know, and, and, flows, and, and huh? yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it was, and you know, it was great in that. Um, in working on the, the stuff, you know, it just having that other outlet where you can do whatever you like, whenever you like, without those external pressures, you know, really uh, got me interested or gave me the energy to get back into the professional projects as well. Yeah, of course, um, right? It just feeds it back. Exactly. You know, that create, creative energy feeds back. And then there's also the flip side is if you're not, you know, on those projects that you're working on, if you're not entirely happy with them, you know, it doesn't really matter because you can, you know, you are also working at the same time on stuff that is really engaging and really uh, exciting to you. Totally. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was just this, yeah, it was a really really interesting, uh, experience, you know, to, uh, to have those two streams going and seeing how each one kind of fed the other. Sure. Have you had that happen to yourself before in your life when you're creating? No, that's the thing. Like, I mean, it, 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 uh, you know, before, before that, you know, I don't think I had, you know, really pushed my, or exhausted my creative energies before, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, it had never been a problem, you know, up until then, up until that time, finding inspiration to work on whatever. Um, and I, I don't know if that was just, a, you know, like my tank was empty, you know, yeah, from, yeah. from, you know, years of cranking on other people's stuff. Yeah. It's ha- or, it happens. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's or, a common thing, though. I've noticed it, and I've and, and a lot of times it happens from a lot of the guests on the podcast. Actually, so oh it's yeah, a very common thing um, for That's, people to get burnt out and tired and exhausted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and so yeah, like I I had never experienced it before, you know, because um, it was probably a good year of just not being inspired and really finding you know, the professional stuff to be a slog yeah, and, you know, trying to, uh, start some stuff on the side, but just nothing ever really sticking, you know? 
the act of creating art is like an i think is like a for me it's in for people that i've noticed it seems to be a relationship with your internal self a lot sure. of times it's that internal dialogue i think and whether you know like it, on the surface it might sound silly and look silly like you know uh look you're just drawing batman or something but but deep down it's like well batman connects with me as a character because of these traits and then i just like sure. drawing this because he's like a strong masculine character and blah 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 mm-hmm. so when you break it down to the core essence of what it actually is psychologically i think it's just your relationship with yourself your internal self you know and and the closer you get to the most raw honest direct self is the better the work is and i think unconsciously most people attract themselves to that um because they go like well shit this guy um and i think that's where the style comes in you know i think that's when people are like they find their style is because they're willing to take the risk to follow that voice basically you know and and i think that leads to where like a lot of people are like well damn this guy's so good and blah blah blah." but i think deep down it what it is is that it's just that that person's being themselves and they're having fun with their internal dialogue and accepting that you know Totally. And that's what yeah, I got but, from your book, you know, and it was, I was like, good, good for this guy, man. It's fucking killer because, um, <laughs> a lot of artists, um, will go through their whole entire life without reaching that, you know, not without obtaining that. And that's a damn shame, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that sums it up perfectly. I mean, that's, that's what it, it, it feels like, you know, like it's, and this series felt like that it was about, you know, just doing whatever I thought was best and, things just kind of came naturally. Yeah. The other interesting thing about it was also, uh, you know, I tried to incorporate techniques and stuff that I had previously kind of shunned for <laughs> whatever reason. Yeah. You know? What techniques are those? What were you kind of like in this? Uh, well, we can go I've, back into that psychological thing too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I like, I, I don't know what it is. I like to psychoanalyze everything myself yeah. included. And I go a bit, I go a bit batshit crazy because I do so, but but I find it interesting because, honestly, aside from all this stuff, aside from the details and stuff, it really is all psychological, like these interesting little choices that we all make. But, Definitely. sorry, you're saying you've avoided techniques and stuff? Yeah, well, I, I you know, I feel silly about it now, but... Sure, well... It, the, the, you know, for years I resisted incorporating, like, 3D into my work uh, or just exploring, you know, the use of textures and other you know photo ref this kind of stuff because it was more it was about you know i'm going to create art and it's all going to be from me you know and it's not it's not going to be and i think some of that was maybe a push from when i got into the games industry uh when i started as a concept artist the the pressure was always there to you know move on to 3d you know like you're a 2d artist I mean, this is years ago, so sure. Uh, you know, I don't rebellious. Think, yeah, <laughs> it was just—I don't know. It was, it was weird. Like at least the places I worked, it was kind of like, yeah, concept art's kind of like a foot in the door, and then, you know, you can do some sketches and design some stuff, and now you can, you know, you can learn 3D and become a 3D artist. And I was just never interested. You know, I just was—I preferred to draw and. There's something there with within the art of drawing too that's much more powerful than if I mean I think it's all idea you know I think yeah. that if you you can have you can have all the the knowledge and skill of all these programs but if you're if you don't have good ideas and it's just gonna suck yeah you know? it yeah it is it is all ideas yeah and I think the point is that 
all these are just tools to visualize your ideas. They're just tools, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and none of them are better or worse than the others. It's but just the user. Thought, exactly, yeah. and and but I, you know, I, and again, I don't know if it was me just kind of reflexively pushing back because there was always this, not always, but there was this. At least when I started out in the industry, there was this expectation of like, you know, learn three D, learn three D, hmm. become a become a modeler, that kind of thing. Because um, at least. Yeah, it was when I started. You know, this is ten over ten years ago. the The role of like a concept artist wasn't, at least in the studios that I worked at, it wasn't as established. You know, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, as recognized a role, I guess. You know, sure. At least in the places I was at. Um, it's changed so anyways, a lot these days. Though. It has changed a yeah. lot, exactly. But uh, so, anyways. I had always resisted the 3D and the rebel. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I would be doing the same thing though. Yeah, because but, you but, know but that it, you can get accomplished a good feeling without it. Totally, yeah. and that's the thing. Like like we said, they're all just tools. But I had you know in my mind, I kind of built up this kind of bias towards it. So I was just like, you know, no, I just, you know, I felt that it was this and this whole project. Part of it was about you know getting rid of these biases that i built up so i'm like you know i'm going to embrace these things that normally i wouldn't have used you know good and, on you uh, man that's a good that's good yeah it was it was a it was a really great exercise you know and i found that you know integrating these and 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 putting them into my work was it was fun that was the other thing you know like it was not only was i shedding these you know unfounded like discriminating ideas but it was also, uh, yeah, just fun to explore, like, these new techniques and seeing how I could integrate them, finding my own way of integrating them. And uh, so, yeah, that was, that was another, you know, really interesting thing with this project was bringing that stuff in and making it work for me and, and you know, just getting rid of those, you know, those ideas of, you know, oh, that's just... You know, that's not really art. That's 3D or whatever it is. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just it's ridiculous. So indeed, indeed, it is. You know, but at the same time, there's reasons for those thoughts. You know, and and there's reasons yeah. why people are still like photo bashing's cheap and shitty and all that kind of stuff. Like even those kind of things. And to a certain degree, I totally agree. But at the same time, um, who cares really? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If the idea is the king, then I don't really care. You know, like for me. Yeah. So. And if it works, but yeah, it's it's a challenging one, and especially in the day and age of what we are creating in. We're not in the age of, of basically the guys that we or myself look up to, kind of, where like it, there was not a lot of, there was basically no internet really, mm-hmm. and you couldn't just go on a Tumblr feed and, and have a feedback loop and regenerate, and like the shit that you see off the computer, kind of, you know, which just seems to be. I read an article, um, Andrew, the guy that helps produce these uh, awesome podcasts, uh, he, he sent me an article on Twitter, and uh, yeah. he has this, It was this, I think it was called um, Dark Arts or something, and it was interesting, like, it was a really interesting, like, uh, um, article about the feedback loop of technology now with creatives and stuff, and, like, the Tumblr feeds, and what it actually is doing, and they interviewed my friend Aaron, Aaron Beck, and... He was talking about like he's very optimistic about it and he thinks it's good, mm-hmm. but there's also like some damaging aspects to it. I think with uh, with with uh, I think just having too much information out there. I guess you know. 
yeah people are just kind of regenerating recreating what they're seeing you know so um off the f- tumblr feeds i guess but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but i don't I know that, though i don't maybe it's too because i'm looking too close at it you know so sure yeah i mean i you know i honestly like i don't you know i think when you're you know young artists like starting out like i mean that's what you do you kind of you know you internalize and then kind of regurgitate the ideas that you see yeah absolutely and and we all do it totally well we Uh, do it unconsciously that's the thing i think what it's happening it's like moore's law i guess they were saying is that once you put out one thing it all kind of connects and it just becomes like unconscious there's a there's a um there's a um, fuck, it's like a collective consciousness that's occurring within the creative industry, I think, that people might be aware of or might not, and it's always happened, too. It's like one sure. one person takes a big risk and makes something special, and then um, the rest that were being conservative decide to take that risk, but, they, but they're just always a step behind the risk taker, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was... Monkey you know, see, monkey see do kind of shit. Exactly, and you see that in all the... You know, it was a few years ago. I was you know, working in games. You know, there was a good four or five years where, you know, all the projects were, you know, every pitch that we would do and, you know, executive we'd talk to, it was always like, you know, make it more dark and gritty, you know, because, <laughs> you know, the idea of like these super dark, like in Gears of War and, you know, this desaturated, dark, really noisy kind of uh visual palettes were really popular and you know that was hugely successful and then everyone starts jumping on the bandwagon yeah you know, just, and, yeah, so, yeah. and you know everyone follows but um yeah i think it's you know I, I getting back to the idea of just you know creating your own stuff i mean and the visual noise that we all see you know because it is it's saturated you know like i try not to uh, focus too much on, you know, what's, what, 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 what are the visual trends, you know, like, you know, I go on, I have like one of those, uh, CG hub accounts. And so I go, I go check that thing out every once in a while and wicked talent on there too. Oh, it's unreal. It's just so much amazing artists out there. It's it's so killer. It's mind blowing, you know, like it's, and, uh, but at the same time, you know, I don't, you know, I try and, limit my exposure because i don't want to get not over influenced but i don't know it's just i just find it's for me anyways like it's almost overwhelming the amount of totally is of just visual stuff going on you know and i don't i don't follow any tumblr feeds or anything like that but uh, i get excited personally i go like i think to myself because as an artist and once you get decent enough you can kind of just you can work with any tool and create cool shit Sure. And I personally get excited. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I want to do this, you know? And it's like, sure, why not? I could do that, you know? Like, but then, but then the problem there in lies, it's like, well, I'm just kind of doing like a spin off of this. And I guess as long as it's innocent and fun, who cares, you know? But totally, totally. I think that's that, you know, that's very weird. Imi- it's a very to, weird little thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that saying to imitate is to create, right? Like, you, sure. Absolutely. You, know, you, you have to, you have to start somewhere. Yeah, right. there's so a there's this book I read that was really cool. It's a really quick read. It's called Steal Like an Artist. Yeah, and it's all about that. And it's about like some of the best artists in the world and creative thinkers, even like guys like Einstein. Um, they all riffed off the ideas of other great people, and just sure. them being able to be selective about their 
um, intake and and not just pulling from one source but pulling from many mm-hmm. that's usually where I get a lot of the good muse from I don't know if you're the same I think you probably are because I think you found it um, you're a good rhythm there but like the the more various and, and abstract the muse that I pull from the universe basically the better the work is you know yeah but the more direct yeah. I am with it it's like ah it's like very transparent and and, and, and apparent that oh yeah. I'm just like riffing off of that you know yeah well I think you know you're the former there where you're having uh you know more uh numerous or abstract connections I mean in a sense you know, by your very nature, you're being more creative because you're piecing that stuff together in your head. Yes. Right. Instead of just being, you know, well, that's a great picture. I'm going to try and recreate that. Or, you know, I really like this style. I'm going to, you know, bang something out that's exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, you know, like I find in all, again, with the, the stuff in the book, I mean, you know, I tried to talk about where some of the inspiration came from and it's just all over the map. You yeah, know, like it's, <laughs> it's some of the stuff was inspired by a phrase or some of the uh, 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 photos I saw here or even some of the historical uh, work or research done into, you know, the actual Antarctica Kunst, um, for lack of a better word, the movement, you know, so it was just all these different things that were inspiring these pieces and then just pushing them through that, that filter. You yeah. Know? Um, so yeah, I, I think you're right. Like, I mean, it, that's, and again, that's, like I said, I mean, I think that is, that's the creative aspect is taking all those little nuggets and those little points and, you know, recreating them. Totally. I fash, think- fashioning them into something that, that, uh, you know, that your mind is putting together. Yeah. You know, like you're doing the work. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like that's, that's where I have my, my most fun is, yeah, just putting that stuff together. Yeah. It's said that there's no such thing as a new idea, but I think that with that being said, I think there are (laughs) new ideas. I think it's how you combine them, you know, case in case in case in point is, um, there's an artist named Sean Barber. Um, he's a, now he's a tattoo artist, but he does really beautiful portrait work and stuff. He's a painter. And yeah. he does really, I don't know if you've ever seen his stuff. He does like the tattooed portraits where he does, he paints like people with tattoos and stuff. And he does multiple exposure kind of stuff where he does multiple oh, yeah. images. It's, have you seen his stuff no, before? No, I, I haven't. I haven't seen it. No. You might have seen no. it and not known, but it's really beautiful work. He's, he's a bit famous. But what I was going to say is that, so tattooing um, originally was taboo. And then now, you know, it's very trendy now. And, and, um, and it's, and, and there's some really amazing shit out there and there's some horrible stuff out there and it's just everywhere all over the place. But what I'm saying here is that tattooing eventually becomes a trending thing where, um, where an artist like, um, Sean and, and is wicked skilled and he's got like great sensibility for tone, light and color. And he's got a good t- sense and taste of paint, paint, light and stuff. And basically he combines like, okay, well, tattoos are really beautiful and I love them and I love doing portraitures. So like I can do these amazing like portraitures of tattooed figures and stuff. And, and so he combines these two things that like, so it's like almost like a Rembrandt approach to tattoos, you know? So it's like Mm -hmm. a modern take on uh, an old art form based off of like the themes and, and stories behind it basically. And so, like I said, there's those two ideas are already 
like the techniques and the abilities to paint has already been done through the years and tattooing is already done but combining the two of them properly harmoniously sure that's the shit right there and he's created something special based off of that because it's a new channel basically to inter- interface with that so yeah no that's you know that i think yeah i mean that's uh like you said, like, you know, there are new, are no new ideas and, you know, so you may not be creating something completely out of nothing, but, you know, to innovate on things, you know, like to give things a different slant or to give things, you know, a spin that, or like you said, combining things that haven't been put together before and doing it well. Totally. Uh, you know, that is, uh, it's the Legos of life, you know? Yeah. And being optimistic <laughs> amount to, to being optimistic enough amount to, to be able to see the opportunities to do so. I think that, you know, the dudes in our era that were able to really capitalize on, you know, which Legos in the box to pull out and combine, you know, like Steve jobs and stuff. It's just like, Hey dude, like CDs are whack. And it sucks to have a bunch of records all over the place. Nobody wants to carry that shit around. So let's put it all on a device. How can we change this music into data and throw it all in a little hard drive and plug little white headphones in? Boom, sure. you know, let's create that. Or, you know, let's create um, an experience where people can communicate and see one another when they talk. I mean, that stuff has been around for a long time. Um, I remember as a kid, I was I must have been like, I don't know, seven or so. A friend of mine, his, his parents... Uh, his dad was pretty wealthy and we lived in Hawaii yeah. and his dad would lived in the mainland and his dad, uh, cause their parents were separated and the dad had like bought them a, a like a, a video phone. So he yeah. was like, and this was back, like, I don't know, I was born in 83. So this is like early, early nineties, you know? And so yeah. the video phone was already present. I mean, it looked like shit. It looked like Game Boy. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was grainy green yeah exactly <laughs> but it was cool because like even though that's uh it's still the technology was there but it's just a matter of the guy like steve going oh we need better fidelity how can we do that let's combine the technology what these guys are doing over here in china combined with this and all these other things and how can we make this better you know sure and, and then I, have the foresight that you know people are you know i think when people look at that stuff also from an economic perspective you know like what do you mean you're going to sell individual songs for 99 cents you know like he was like wanna... yeah he's like shut up i'm going to backhand you all yeah yeah you know like yeah he was a... I mean, that's yeah. just like i think last time i read like what was it even like five years ago or something you know itunes had already sold its like 10 billionth song or something like that you yeah know? Like, yeah it's just a money printing machine it um, really is it's smart money ma- printing machine it's just like the company GoDaddy. they're basically sh- selling air you know if you think about it they're just selling really air. I, have, I don't know anything about it what's GoDaddy? well godaddy is like a hosting thing okay um, it's uh do you, you have a website do you use like hosting of some sort you use like they basically yeah, have, yeah. Well, it's like the internet, and so um, the internet originally was just kind of like this, it's just a network, basically, and sure. and then people start going like, well, I'm going to buy Disney.com, you know, because I know Disney needs that, and then so there like, would become like, uh, just these interesting battles between that, and, and basically, um, like, I'll buy like a domain name or something, but it's just basically air, you know, mm-hmm. just buying air, and it's weird, it's interesting, though, it's a... Uh, 
people that can see in the abstract of what the possibility is of doing those kind of things. And, and, and I don't think it's exploiting. I think it's just part of the net, the beast, you know, it's like the internet is a very important, powerful tool for communication and stuff. So somebody's going to be there to capitalize on that, you sure. know? So, but that, that is true. And I, it's cool that you mentioned that because I recently watched, um, I watched films like that and I watched one about Steve and, uh, his whole thing, oh, yeah. he was whole thing about like, yeah, like, at the time, I don't know if anybody knows this, but before all these iTunes and all that shit was happening, everything was separated in all big mix in a big mess. And he knew that the only way to make this really work was to unify all the record companies and everybody to all agree that no matter what song it is, it all is only $1. Sure. And that was a huge revolutionary idea because people would be like, well, my song, you know, you know, Led Zeppelin song is way better than a fucking Nelly song. You know, yeah. So why it should be five bucks a song? Stairway to Heaven, like, yeah. yeah. Stairway ver- to Heaven versus like a what is that? Hannah Montana. It's like, come on, you know, it's like it's just totally different. But um, but you know, he figured it out, and everybody was like, you know what? We just have to roll with this, you know. And and I think uh, there's this talk that Kevin Spacey did um, a while back, and he was talking about Netflix and all that stuff, and he had a really good point. He said that. People will pay for stuff if it's oper- like if it's offered properly, you know. Like mm-hmm. if you have one hub for good movies and stuff, like of course I would love to just you know have that and pay for that service. It'd be awesome to have a service where I'm entertained. And and basically Netflix is a very rough version of that. They haven't been able to get everybody to agree upon what the terms are, but I don't know what the deal is with that. But but I think for movies and those kind of things, I think absolutely that's it. That's the case, you know. And, but, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting to talk, it is interesting, yeah, and it's interesting seeing how it's coming into the, you know, the, into the game world with all the free to play. Oh yeah, it's you a know, whole like another the, beast. Yeah, it's uh, you know so such a different animal. You know, like having worked in games for years, and you know you work on a project for you know two three years, and it's fully polished and it's ready to go. It's all in a package, and then you know suddenly you have you know all these startup companies and they're just you know they'll get the bare bones of a game done in six months and then it's up and then they're collecting feedback on what's good and what's not good and you know constantly just kind of adding content and changing it and suiting it to their their uh client base's desires you know like it's it's such a tailor made it's such a such a change and don't you uh, think that's the way it should have been in the beginning though it's, it's way better yeah, it is it's, like, it's more it's efficient so much right better it's like if you and, go to a, 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 a restaurant to order food you know like this is the it's 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 the way of looking at things in a in a non kind of i don't know intrusive weird way you know personally mm-hmm. and i think you're hitting it perfect you know like right on the head that's exactly it you know yeah, and it's. I mean, I'm I'm working on right now one like a, a free to play game that's coming out in a couple months, and it's Red. just yeah, such a such a such a different process, and and uh, find it rewarding. Yeah, it's it's nice. I mean, it's it's interesting in that the, you know, again from a creative perspective, it's also nice too because, you know, I found you know working on some console products where you know you'll work on it for year and a half two years kind of thing like it you know you get kind of tired of it after a while sure you know, two years a, is a long time dude it is it's <laughs> a long time you know and it's like i'm drawing this again you know yeah. and and uh anyways i mean it's it's uh just interesting that the production cycle again like to get the thing up on its legs 
you know, instead of it being two years, it's, yeah, it's six months. It's so much and, work, man. But at the same time, yeah, if you set it up properly and these, these guys that are probably, they're all just ex-employees of like bigger companies are like, dude, fuck that's this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this is yeah. ridiculous, you know. And, and we'll find, yeah, we'll find a, you know, a different way or a better way of doing it. Absolutely. Um, just like, you know, the Kickstarter and stuff. I'm a huge promoter of all that stuff. And I try to have a lot of people on from Kickstarter because I believe oh, that yeah. that is the way of, of commerce in the future of a sense that will allow people to support one another, basically. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know if like you're the same way. I mean, of course, it would be awesome to have lots of money because money's cool and it's nice. It makes life a little bit easier. But there's a point where the there's a diminishing return when the money consumes your time totally. and it ruins your life, kind of, because yeah. you're just like, you know, you think that it's important to have all these stupid bullshit things that mean nothing. And I think that's really where it gets messed up. And I think for personally, for me, I think in the most times for most people, you don't need a lot of money. You just need, you need enough to take care of your family and, uh, you know, enough to enjoy it, you know, and, and the rest of it, it's like, who cares? You know, you can't take that shit with you when you're dead, you know? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the, I mean, for me, the big thing is time, you know, it's time, like, man. Yeah. It's all time. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting you know, I'd, I'd always worked in a studio environment up until a few months ago. And, uh, um, now that I'm working from home and, and, you know, working for multiple clients and doing like the freelance thing, it's, again, it's, it's kind of the same thing where, you know, you want to take on and, you know, you get all these offers for all these jobs and you're like, yeah, that one's really cool. And this is going to be really exciting. And, you know, Indeed. also, also as the, you know, you want to take on the work because it might not be there in a few months, right? So totally. It's, it's, but at the same time, it's like that. It's that balance of, you know, having also having a life. It's great to make all this money, and you know, but you're also working all the time, and you know, you're not spending time with your family, or you're not, uh, you know, no time to work on personal work, that kind of stuff. So it's a balance is has to be struck, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky to find that balance. Yeah. We, I talked about it quite a bit. I have, um, I don't know if you know, Anthony Jones, you know, who, uh, Anthony Jones. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know him. I know of him, but <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've been talking, we had a part two podcast, um, I think last week or so because he came on the podcast already once and, and, yeah. uh, probably keep, we'll probably keep going because I think, um, First off, he's a fucking awesome dude, and uh, second, we get into really deep talks about like how to achieve those balances and when to know sure. and understand what that is for us personally. And and this might not apply to everybody. Of course, some people would rather you know they just want to be um, shallow about their efforts and just have tons of cash, and you know that's fine. That's totally fine as well. I don't think that's a problem as long as you're not hurting anybody else. You know, so in the process of doing so, <clears throat> but we're talking about the balance of it all. You know, and really how to achieve that and we we talked about like you know some books that we have been reading and using to apply for time management basically you know because like you mentioned you hit it right on the head it's like every everybody has a common denominator in this world um time is 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 the big thing for everybody in this world you know sure Um, rich or poor everything And, and that's been like a really interesting thing that i've been studying is that you can be anybody coming from any environment, from any part of the world, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, uh, I mean, some are incredibly harder, much harder than others, and some are much easier depending on the luck of the dice that you've been uh, given based off your parents and just the economic state and all those kind of things, you know. 
Um, but the the common denominator is is how you deal with your time and how goal oriented you are and how you focus yourself. You know, um, because you can you can be an amazingly focused person and just crush it. You know, depending no matter who you are and where you're, where you come from. You know. And it's easier said than done because it's always easier said than done. But, exactly. Um, yeah, but I, it's been one thing I'm though. I'm still in the process of figuring it out myself, so yeah. I don't have uh, I don't have a lot of pearls of wisdom <laughs> yeah. to offer in terms of of uh, you know striking that balance. Other than you know, I mean, like yourself, I have a family, so you know, I have uh, responsibilities that are m- much more important than you know artwork, you know my kids and my wife and you know their well-being and stuff and yeah and uh so that stuff in a in a sense keeps me balanced because you know i can't be working all the time you know i would much rather you know play with my children than be painting all day but uh but uh you know it's it's uh so that's kind of like a forced for me anyways given how I rate my priorities. It's a kind of a, a forced balance between life and work, but, uh, it's tough, you know, like I, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I struggle with it all the time is just finding that time to, you know, devote to, yeah, professional stuff, personal stuff and, uh, daddy stuff. And yeah, well, yeah, daddy stuff. Exactly. And husband stuff, yeah. Exactly. So it's it's uh, that all each one of those things separately is a, is a full time life consuming uh, exactly. object. You know? Yeah, so that's each one the of challenge. them you could pour as much in if you yeah you could pour your entire energy into it and still probably feel that you don't have enough. Yeah, even but, with parenting, you could be like, I'm just not the best parent. I need to keep going, and you can just keep going until your blood dry, and then you know, and yeah. and then some parents are like that. They're really great and they're very selfless and stuff. And I think it's there's a fine balance between that as well. You don't want to be giving your kids everything because when they go out to the of world, course. the world's going to be like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> and just yeah, exactly. Smash them down, you know. So Absolutely. there's yeah, a, they want to the, they want to have the tools to fend for themselves. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing though is that, uh, or the nice thing about um, you know, and we mentioned earlier about how important it is to take breaks and stuff. I mean, totally. with the, with the uh, you know, with, again, you know, the family stuff and having these other responsibilities that pull you away from your work is, the benefit is, is that when you do have a chance to, you know, work on something that you're really interested in, you're much more focused on it. You know, you're much more, uh, at least I am anyways, because it's like, you know, I only got a couple hours here. You know, yeah. it's got a, it's got a count, you know, I can't, uh, count. Yeah. you know, I can't be, uh, you know, surfing around or on the internet or whatever. It's yeah, like, you can't. You know, if I, if I want to be, you know, get this stuff done, it's got to get done now. So, well, you it figured is, it out it though, cause you've made a book and that's, that's a challenging task in itself to do that, especially off your own work and along with everything else that you managed to do with like, I'm sure working full time and stuff as well. You know, there's a book that, uh, I highly recommend to everybody, um, I bring it up. I've been bringing it up quite a bit. There's two of books actually that I think that would help help you and actually change your life if you applied it properly. Too, it's been changing mine for the better. Yeah. It's uh, there's ones called Eat That Frog. Um, that frog. It's fucking yeah. killer. It's really good. It's it breaks down all these things that uh, 
it's like I I was doing wrong, but I didn't realize it. And I was just when I read it, I'm like, I'm so stupid. God, oh, why didn't I use this? Like, ah, oh, that's I finally I'm uh, now I have like the skills to um, defeat these big huge things. You know, basically procrastination and uh, um, oh, yeah. all these things because it all comes from so many. Um, it comes from a lot of things. It comes from uh, a lot of a lot of just underlying issues that I didn't realize. But um, is that's been a really great book, amazing book. Like I highly recommend it to everybody that list that's listening. I'll have, to, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I think it'll really help you. And then another book I was going to say is a, a book I I'm probably mention it every time too is because it's so useful for me as well. And I need to go back and reread it again. It's called Manage Your Day to Day. Yeah. And it's created um, kind of with a with the creative mind in, in, in mind basically where it's it's breaks down like you know how to be not in like a cheesy way but just kind of um to be more successful in your own kind of avenue and mm-hmm. it's weird i think what's weird too is and I'll, i've noticed there's been a resistance too for some people they're like i don't want to be a self-help book kind of guy and i gotta admit to you like the strongest person in the world is a self-help person you know like they want that sure. information because a s- smart strong person is, is is the is the first person in the room that says you know what i have a problem and i need to fix it and and give me the fucking fastest best way to do it and i'll do it you know and and i think that um the desire to learn and, and accept that you're not perfect and they and accept that you could be better um and you can you're always a design of you know um consistent like you know creation and work that um that once you embrace that it's really fucking killer and the results are awesome i sometimes feel kind of empty after i read some of these just because i feel like shit like i'm doing all this totally wrong like for in order for me to do it right i have to do a full system reboot you know totally. and, and, it, and it's scary because it's how yeah. daunting it can be you know but sure yeah i mean i think the key there is like you know like you said like with the self-help books and stuff is that you know whether or not one is right or wrong for you it at least makes you look at yourself mm-hmm. right like it makes you should analyze you know what you're doing your you actions know, and, to, and, and to look at yourself critically is like and honestly, you know, is, is, uh, an important thing, you know, like it's, it's, uh, you know, being able to recognize your own weaknesses and you get so ways, strong though. If yeah, you do that. exactly. Finding ways to address that. You know, I think a lot of people don't really like look at themselves in that way. You know, they're afraid to like expose like what, what they do wrong or, you know, again, back to my, the book where it's like, you know, yeah, like what the hell is, you know, having all these silly ideas of what, what is art and what isn't art, you know, like, let's just, you know, who am I to say that? And what, what, uh, you know, like I said before, like, I feel silly about it now, but you know, that's to grow, you know, you got to look at those weak spots yeah, and, and confront them and take actions to, to build on them. Totally. You know? And it's a never ending process, you know, like it's, uh, you can just go on forever. You know, no one's perfect. Right. So totally. Yeah. You're, um, you're hitting all the right spots. I think that you, what you said earlier too, is that, um, 
everybody's aware of your weaknesses, you know, like, um, you should be too, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're actually, yeah. Often more often than not, you're the last person to know. Right. Which if, if you're not doing that right, then you're not learning you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not being honest enough with yourself for self-reflection. And, uh, and that's a total key thing. And I think that what I was kind of trying to talk about with you is that when you had a moment of rest to, to reconcile with the kind of like listening to your internal dialogue, you're like, Oh shit. Like, this is yeah. fun. Like this is opens up a whole pocket of, of things. Now I have all these tools and skill sets and I'm just kind of slandering them because I'm in the grind, but now I can freaking push them towards my own imagination, which is goes back to that child, which I imagine you've been drawing since you were a kid, huh? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's not something that I was always like, you know, super, super, uh, serious about, you know, but it was something that I always kind of naturally gravitated to. Yeah. Um, and I can remember, you know, as a kid, you know, my dad used to draw a little Dick Tracy caricatures for me and that kind of <laughs> stuff. And I would always try oh, and, Tracy's you know, so my great. brother used to, my brother used to draw a lot and, and, uh, he would make his own little comic books and stuff. So I was always there trying to catch up to him and, but, uh, yeah, it was, I, I totally, yeah, as a kid, it was something that I just kind of naturally did. So it's always kind of been this, you know, natural, somewhat meditative kind of thing. That's great. You know, that, that I like to do. And, and uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it definitely has been something I've been doing as a, since I was a kid. It's good. Same thing for me, too. So I have the same kind of thing. We just had a family that were kind of... <clears throat> into art or just creating stuff and it was just kind of like a it was an inducive kind of environment i guess where it, just, yeah. it all kind of worked out and it was nice and fun and it was cool to see what people were doing and just you know i don't know my brother would draw crazy shit and then i'd draw even more crazy stuff and then my mom would throw it away because she thought it was weird <laughs> <laughs> just kind of torment my mom and stuff so uh, then it became actually, a fun it's funny thing. my mom like kept it all Oh, that's cool. Yeah, She's like, you know, like why'd you I really can... fucked up shit? I think so. Uh, so. She was like, uh, yeah, you gotta stop that this, one. This has gotta go. Yeah, this has gotta go. <laughs> it still hasn't stopped. <laughs> it's just a little bit more clean, I guess, but not as yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, my mom actually she has a bunch of for uh, rescued pictures. You know, like. Mm all these, you know, things that I would draw and be like, oh, that sucks. It's not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I'd throw them away. And, you know, she'd go fishing through the garbage and, oh, man. you know, take them and, you know, unfold them and slip them in. What a gem. Yeah, exactly. That's cool, so, man. So you've had support the, through your family then from for your career? Uh, pretty much. I mean, my, my uh, again, like neither of my parents were, were artists, but, uh, you know, I think they were both at different times of their lives, like we're creative. Mm. Like my dad used to, apparently I only found out this recently, but he used to draw a lot when he was younger. Um, but you know, he was in that age where, you know, that's not a real job. That's you know, such like, a bummer. Yeah. I know, you know, it's such a bummer, you know, go, go get a job. And so, you know, he never pursued it. And same with my mom was always interested in creative things, but it was just, you know, kind of, I think fell victim to the same same kind of thoughts and, and, uh, but yeah, growing up, you know, my, especially my mom, she was always very supportive, you know, kept me supplied with art supplies and all that. And, and, uh, you know, once I actually made the decision that I was going to follow this path and, and, uh, you know, become an artist, that was, 
you know, she was, she was totally on board. That's and awesome. my dad, my dad came around eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once I started like feeding myself and we probably saw himself in you, you know, and he's like, Oh, you know, like all my whole life I wasn't able to make it. So what makes you think you can do it probably, you know, or something like that. I think that's quite, quite possible. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of parents are like that too, that I've noticed when it comes to the creative arts, um, with their kids in general. And, and, uh, and I, it's totally understandable, um, because of the generational shift and change and how much more people are on this planet now compared to when they're around and, and how totally. much, how, how you can make a living off of be, doing obscure, weird shit, you know? Definitely. And, and it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's definitely possible because like I was mentioning early, um, if you budget yourself out and you're, and you're not living like lavishly and crazy, um, and you're you're smart about the way that you spend your money. You don't need a ton of cash, really. You know, it's, you just you need enough to to get by and enjoy your day and um, save up a little bit and you know like stash a little bit away. But at the same time, you know, and go sure. enjoy good food and good ha- you know good workout and all that stuff. You know, but it's not like some of the happiest people I know are the guys that you do jujitsu with, and they they like just basically do jujitsu. That's it. And it's like they're just cal- they're like calm and collective, and they got all that testosterone angst out because they sure. fucking work out all the time <clears throat> and they're in and, and they don't have tons of cash you know they're not like wealthy cash wise but they're so wealthy life wise it just they, they have such a great group of people and i just i love observing that and learning from that because happiness comes in so many different dimensions you know and and uh and your willingness to understand that and and see uh, is i think that's your success that's the key to it i think at least you know yeah and you know i've always consider myself extremely lucky that you know i get to do what i enjoy to do fucking you know awesome. i mean like that's like for me that's the key is just you know if i'm you know if i spend my days like doing things that i naturally would be doing even if i wasn't getting paid for it like there's nothing better than that you know like yeah because yep. you're just i mean obviously when you're working for you know different clients you know you get projects that you know aren't entirely 100 percent what you would be doing per se, but you know, you can always, as I mentioned before, you can always find that aspect to these projects that are like, you know, Hey, that's really cool. You know, that's really inspiring. Let's, you know, let's follow that aspect, you know, and and pursue that aspect. And, but uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's not, you know, following what you love and just for me, keeping things simple. Yeah, you know, like you mentioned, like your jujitsu buddies. I mean, if that's, I'm sure they pour like so much energy into that. But I mean, it's so much energy. You know, that's their, that's their focus. That's their passion. You know, that's, they must be, you know, I'd be happy following my passion. You know, and exactly. am so. And the best ones, the ones that crush it, are just uh, they they're, they they grow and they learn so fast because of their constant devotion to it. So, and I, I like to, I mean, for me personally, I feel a lot of this is all the same shit. It's all connected. It's all the same, you know, because sure. I used to play music a lot and, um, music for me is the same thing as art, the creative wise. Oh, yeah. It's just the same thing. It's just expression, you know? Yep. Um, there's all, uh, you know, obviously it's totally different because it's completely different details and stuff, but the, you know, the detail wise, but I think the expression is the same. And for me, it's all about the expression. Like you're talking about like, um, reflection, self-reflection and how important that is, you know, like, um, and I listened to, a, um, another podcast by, um, the comedian Joe Rogan. He's got, oh yeah, yeah. he's one of my favorite podcasts because he's a, he actually is a big inspiration for me to even do the collective because, 
I just love how direct and honest he is, but he's sure. also big into like self-reflection and he, yeah, yeah. he uses the, you know, the device of like, um, isolation tanks. Yeah. He's a, yeah. He has an isolation chamber. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And he also does, you know, I think he does DMT and, and, and psychedelics and shrooms and, and, sure. you know, he's a big uh, advocate for smoking weed and stuff. And, and I think it was interesting for me here in his story, um, because he was, I think later in life he started smoking weed, um, so he wasn't he wasn't doing it when he was younger. He was actually, what you know, quote unquote, a developed adult with mature decision making skills, and and he decided to do it based off of that. And then he found solace yeah. and and found refuge in in the the use of such things. And it was it's interesting too to kind of see where that takes him, you know. And it's it's I don't know. I'm just curious about all this stuff because it's such a such an interesting world we all live in, you know. And then the days you, you open up windows and close doors and all that kind of stuff and your life is an interesting one, you know. So and that being said, I think it's more about like, you know, your your choice and your steps to get yourself to enlightenment, you know. So me personally, I haven't tried DMT. Um, I haven't tried any of those things. I, I would like to do an isolation tank. Um, I think it'd be good. To just I think that would be wild, yeah. I, mean, I actually it? saw the very, uh, I think maybe it was the same podcast, but it was about, he was talking about his tank. And mm. there's that other guy, uh, the vice correspondent, Hamilton mm. Morris. Yeah, Hamilton Morris, yeah. And, you know, he did a little special on, on isolation tanks. And uh, I'd love to try it. You, you know, like after I saw Victoria? those. Uh, actually, yeah. There's some uh, there's some on the Gulf Islands, mm. which are you know a little chain of islands in between Victoria and Vancouver. Um, so yeah, I definitely looked into it. I haven't done it yet, but uh, try it I, out. I would I would love to try it out. You know, like I've I mean I haven't done DMT either. I mean I've dabbled in other things in the past and stuff, and I always found that you know again about self reflection. You know, uh, using sometimes the use of those substances and stuff are just amazing tools for you know for self-reflection to get you there faster for, huh what's that they seem to get yeah, you there yeah, faster you can get huh? there faster yeah exactly I it's mean, weird it that removes. that shit's illegal then you know for me it that is. just confuses I mean, the fuck out of me because i'm like well if it's but i i can see how people can take it for granted and they get a little too far because some people are just unbalanced and they don't make the right decisions but sure some it of these people that are making these big decisions in the world and stuff, like if they don't have proper self-reflection, it's just really, it's gross, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, some of that stuff is, I mean, like marijuana, for example, I mean, that's just Yeah, it's like, weird. That's still illegal. It's like, what the hell? I know. Like, why is that illegal? You know, Alcohol is not, but weed is. It's like, exactly. whoa, this is very weird, you know? Yeah. Like, weird it doesn't system. make any sense, you know, yeah. like you legalize it and then all like you know i mean the bad thing about those drugs is the criminal aspect right so sure exactly you but know. if you if you legalize it i think that there's that whole thing where um if you legalize it then it it, it uh, um it takes the the taboo-ness out of it and, and people are like yeah fuck it you know like it doesn't become this whole like you know when you tell when you tell another human hey you can't do that the first thing he's going to do is go do it, you know? Exactly. Like, so the, I think the, the best thing and psychologically what you should do is just like, yeah, who gives a shit? Go do whatever the hell you want to. I've been, yeah. re I've been reading up on some, some of the, um, the government systems and stuff, some of the countries in, in Europe a little bit. And I think it was, uh, was it Switzerland or Sweden or one of those countries? Um, they have a whole different system of how their people work and the, and, and the politics and just kind of the life quality of their citizens sure. and it's it's fucking smart man it's really cool and i and 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 i love america and i'm i've, I've been i'm born here and i've you know 
fuck yeah america you know like i'm not i'm not super patriotic but i do love my country and and i'm I'm proud to be where i come from and i'm very thankful for the states because there's some amazing shit but there's a lot of stuff i wish we would do to make it better and i think some of these things are are some of them you know some of these issues you know so well it's funny i mean you know like canada's always you know got the you know the uh at least the the appearance of you know being more liberal but i mean I mean, California and Oregon, you know, have already legalized marijuana. Yeah, and Colorado, I think, as well. I think, yeah, I think you're right. You know, know, we haven't done it yet. Like, you know, historically, our drug laws have been a little more laxed. But, uh, you know, we're falling behind, you know. (laughs) You (laughs) know, and it's just, and you know, that's partly politics, right? Like They're finding the way they can make money, really. That's what they're, there's a commerce to it. And, and, but I think, uh, in general, I think it's, there's so many people that do it. Me personally, if I did it, I would say it, but I don't do it. I haven't done it yet. And, and I'm not sure if I'll be able to incorporate it into my life just yet. Um, possibly, but I just, I, I, I have an addictive personality, so I'm just kind of cautious and aware sure. that I don't want to get lost in it. I don't know if my wife would be stoked with me. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I exactly. haven't, I have to, you know, I don't want to upset her and stuff, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah but, I mean, I, I'm the same way. I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't use any, any drugs per se, you know, anymore, you know, it's, it's, uh, and when I did, it was just, you know, dabbling when you're young, you sure, know, but it, ha- it hasn't, it has never been like, a. You know, it's never been like a pillar of my existence, you know, like having to needing it for whatever use you want to use it for. But uh, I think it's with uh, like everything, though, it's you'd use it little, you know, little bits here and there and that's it. But when you overuse it, it's just like anything, you know, like you, anything good. If you overdo it, everything in moderation is a kick. It's a balance, right? Yeah. It's back to a balance. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And finding that and using that um, properly is really the key, I think, you know, and anytime that you throw that balance off is I think that you're just uh, you're doing yourself a disfavor, you know, like a just justice, you know, kind of thing. So but it's, I just find it really interesting. And I just um, I don't know. I, it's just very it's an interesting thing really for me to to see it all and, and to be like, well, yeah, why not? You know, like, how come? And why don't we just do that? And but, you know, it's easier said than done, you know, so. But, totally. but I think the, the self-reflection is the most powerful tool out of that whole argument, I think. And, and when people are able to be really um, honest with their self-reflection is really the, the beautiful side of all this stuff, I think, is where really where um, you grow as a person. And, and so and I'm, I'm going to bring it all the way back too because I think like I was saying, and I, I keep apologizing because I'm psychoanalyzing the shit out of this conversation. <laughs> but, but I just, I love it because like I, I feel like I've never met you, but we're having this conversation over like um, the internet basically through Skype. But I, I'm trying to get a good connection with you, you know, like a deeper connection beyond just like a surface level, like, so you made a book, yeah? Sure. Well, how many pages are in the book? You know, it's like, yeah. I don't give a shit about that. That's not really what's interesting to me. And I think for the listeners of the podcast, too, I think that honest rawness, like we were talking about before we started the recording, is that the, the honest bits, the true little nuggets of information that you would get from a Noman DVD and myself back before like a podcast like these would exist, that's the gem, you know? So Totally. Totally. And yeah, the jewels. The, the jewels. jewels. The jewels you pull out of it. The jewels, yeah. man. I'm, I'm trying to just fucking pull them all out as fast as I can. Because <laughs> I know you're busy and I don't want to keep you too long. But um, what I wanted to do is go back to the book. So 
in your mind had, before you created the book and before you were like, hey, I want to make a book out of this, was it a goal of yours to create a book at all? Or was it kind of like a bucket list thing? Or, Well, you know, of course, you know, there's when I started the series, I had no intention of, you know, pursuing it to the point where there would be enough material to put a, put a book together. But, it, you know, it just evolved over time. You know, but of course, you mentioned the the bucket list, you know, because I love collecting art books. So, you know, as an artist, always in the back of your mind, you'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd want to do a book one day. You know, that would be that would be pretty neat. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when the opportunity presented itself, you know, when Scott at DSP contacted me and said, hey, do you want to put this stuff in a book? And, you know, it was like, sure, you know, let's let's do it. That's awesome. So, so Scott reached out to you then? Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he, uh, I guess he, he found my stuff via, uh, I'd had one of my pieces from the series made into a model kit by this company called Industria Mechanica, who do, uh, kind of really high end garage model kits. Yeah, they're really cool. I love it. Like, I've been looking at some of their stuff that they do. They go to, like, they find artists off, like, like yourself or, like, uh, um, ZBrush Central or something, huh? So it's like more obscure artists and, and obscure. Yeah, they just, you know, I think Michael, the guy who Michael Fitchemeyer, the guy who runs the company, he, uh, yeah, he just reaches out to artists that he likes, that he thinks he. I mean, he's a he builds model kits, so I think he just looks for things that he thinks would be really cool to have as model kits. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, he just reaches out to artists and asks if they want to have their stuff made into a kit, and then kind of figure it out from there. So he did that with me, and then he was also working with Scott um, with one of his designs. So, you know, Scott found out me through that connection, and then, yeah, just contacted me one day and asked if I'd be doing it. At that time, you know, I was super busy, so I was like, well, you know, I'll give you a call when when it's when i'm kind of done with it you know yeah and i didn't i didn't know when i'd be done with it but uh you're already kind of in the motion of getting it going though so yeah exactly yeah this is you know i mean i've been picking away at this thing for a couple years a few years so it's like i was well into it but it hadn't run its course yet so you know once once as it was at a point where i was winding down on it i just you know contacted scott again and asked if he still wanted to do it and he was excited about it so we made a book scott's a good dude he's a good dude yeah i was really impressed by the uh just the amount of you know creative freedom you know having not put a book together before when i started talking to him scott he was just saying he's like yeah you know you can do whatever you want you can do as little or as much as you want you know you can hand us all the artwork and we'll put it together and you don't have to do anything or you can have you know, as much creative control over the book as you want. And, you know, when people are saying that, you know, you're just kind of like, yeah, we'll see, you know, we'll see how much creative control we'll have. Yeah. But he meant, he meant it. Like, I mean, it was. It's important for him, I think, as an artist to know that when he's supporting somebody else that he wants this, the core thing, you know? Yeah. That's the, you know, that's the key right there is that, you know, yeah, exactly. We're talking about Scott Robertson too. If people are listening that don't know, we had him on the podcast too. He's a really cool dude. Oh, right on. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So he was just, uh, you know, he meant what he said, so it was, you know, he kind of just let me do whatever I wanted to do. And Do you feel that that might have been, like, a challenging thing for you, too? To, to, or were you already, like, free, freed your mind, and you're like, I'm going to go this way, and you already had a destination in mind? Or was it more of a daunting thing where, like, hey, you know, like, 
go free because that sometimes can be a very daunting thing as well for myself when I don't have a affirmative direction. Sometimes I like a little kick in the ass, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it comes back to the, you know, like you said, oftentimes it's easier to design within a box, right? Because sure. you know your per, you, you know, know your parameters, parameters right? Yeah, yeah. And you can use those parameters to They're inspire faster. yourself, you yeah. know, like. But uh, yeah, having like the blue sky, like like you said, yeah, it can be. You can get kind of lost out there, sure. You know, yeah. but there's nothing to nothing to uh, you know push off of. But uh, I I you know I wasn't you know by the time you know Scott had contacted me months before about actually creating the book you know the wheels started turning would be like you know well if i did want to put it together how would i do it so yeah. i kind of had a i already had like a i don't know about you but when i create anything whether it's personal or professional i like to just kind of throw it on the brain for a while you know like i like finding out as early as possible when i'm going to be working on something so i can just kind of throw it on the back of the brain and kind of let it your subconscious massage it for a while yeah you know that's a big so, point in that book too that eat that frog it's like it says to plan your day the night before oh yeah so you can while you're sleeping or you just kind of put it in your head you can if you if you spend yeah because your, your mind, mind never stops working on that stuff right it never does and yeah I, and i find that that's you know with the uh same thing with uh with the artwork is that you know if you can just throw something on the brain for a few days or a week before you start working on it. You know, it's already like done all the work. You yeah. You're, you it. know, you're, 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 you're not, you know, you're, you've already started, you know, you've already made some progress on that. So, um, see the book was very much like that where it was, you know, because I'd had that so much lead time yeah. that, you know, it had actually already kind of assembled itself. So when I did actually went to put it together with them, we just had to kind of go through the motions, so to speak. So, did you design a lot of it, or did they have the in the the in house designer help you with the layouts and stuff like that? I actually did the whole thing. You wow, know? good uh, job, man! Are you design? Have you um? Are you design? Are you like taught in design at all, or? Uh, self taught, anyways. I mean, I mean, good I went job. to like art. I went to art school. Uh, I went to animation school. Hmm. So we we learned design for animation. Of okay. course, a lot of those design principles are core, and they carry over. It's all the same, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there is, in a sense, there's some. And I, you know, over the last how many years in games, like, I've done a lot of uh, pitch development. Mm. So, putting a lot of documents together. Gotcha. So, it, it's not a it's not an entirely new animal for me. But I'd never put a book together before, so. Of your certainly own stuff, I yeah. With, uh, um, a designer there in terms of setting up, uh, you know, my InDesign document properly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I did most of the design myself, but, uh, it's a lot of work. Great. It was a lot of work. Yeah, it was, but it was a lot of fun too. Right. <clears throat> like it was kind of, you know, I view the book kind of as like the last piece in the series. So it was kind of nice to just, you know, go through that process of putting it all together and it was kind of like closure on the whole thing sure you know, like and and uh again kudos to to dsp yeah. and scott design studio just, press scott everybody there yeah yeah they just kind of let me do what i wanted to do so it was uh yeah it was a really good experience that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and it's a long process too. You're saying so. I think in the book that I was reading, so like in in 2008, it's kind of like when this started to happen for you. Um, these yeah, ideas. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of like you know we had 
touched on earlier about you know the kind of the moment of inspiration for the for the series yeah yeah that was like christmas 2008 okay and then you know i started in earnest on it in 2009 and then obviously life intervenes <laughs> every <laughs> you know, day every day exactly <laughs> and, and it's uh you know so i just chipped away at it just in my spare time uh over several years mm. um just as an outlet for relaxing and and uh uh you know just whenever i had the time so it was it was uh yeah it, it was several years in, in production yeah well, yeah, I mean, and, and it seems like every day you were kind of chipping away at it while you're working. So you're like, okay, I'll do eight hours on client stuff and then another two on my own kind of. Is that how you kind of roll? roll yeah, with basically. It? it was more kind of like, you know, I mean, for most of the book, when I was working on it, I was still working in a studio environment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'd be, you know, going to work every day, doing that, coming home, hanging out with the kids, making dinner, doing all that stuff, getting them to bed, awesome. you know, all that, all that life stuff. You're Mr. Mom too. That's good. I'm total Mr. Mom. Yeah, and, that's good. and Oh yeah, it's fun. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't change that. You know, it's beautiful to cook for your family. I think it's fucking awesome. You know, people that shun cooking, it's like, what the fuck? You don't like to eat? <laughs> yeah, well, no, exactly. I mean, it's, and it's, you know, it's another creative outlet, right? Oh, it's like, amazing. It's, you know, you look at all the, yeah. I mean, it's, I it's, love it's, cooking. A, it's an art form. You know? Oh yeah, flavor, man, so good. Exactly, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, like if we're saying music and art and food and all these things are there. It's what you collect and gather, and what you put together that makes it special. Definitely. Sorry, you're saying so. Yeah, you're being Mr. Mom because I do. Yeah, I so do some you know, stuff. I really, I only worked on this. You know, I only had a couple hours tonight. You yeah. know, yeah. to kind of pick away at it, and and uh, which you know, I mean, obviously, while I was working on it, I was just when I was. I was always like, oh, I wish I had more time to work on it. But, sure. you know, at the same time, it was, you know, it kept me, uh, kept me inspired for four years, you know, like, mm -hmm. so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't trade that and, you know, for anything. But, uh, yeah, so it was all in all, it was just, yeah, amazing, an amazing process and amazing experience. So has the book been well received? Have you had a nice return on your investment of time? Yeah, I mean it's it seems to be doing pretty well, and you know awesome. I've get a lot of messages from people saying how much they liked it, and you know I had a couple of good reviews. I got a couple others in the works. People saying how much they enjoyed it. So awesome! Uh, I haven't had any, you know, haters on it yet. <laughs> so yeah, even so, yeah. let them whatever. So people are gonna hate. And when I think there's yeah, a well, exactly. it's, it's, when you're loved and hated at the same time, you're doing perfectly right. Well, you know, you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. you can't please everybody. You, know? you can't. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it's Actually, like I shouldn't say I haven't. I haven't. I mean, there's been a couple, you know, uh, I've, I've, you know, re received a couple of notes about not to me personally, but just seen comments on websites and stuff about, you know, people bashing the stuff. But you know, whatever. It's their, you know, it's their. Little venom their, is okay, you know, in the system. Exactly. They keep you, know, you alive, you know. Yeah. So it's it's uh, yeah, I, they're free to have their own opinions and everything everything and i gladly accept them you know and, and again you know getting back to the self-reflection you know some of the stuff they say it's like yeah you know that could have been done a little better that was could be done differently or totally you know but well, we're uh, all designed you know we're not designed perfectly and i think when we try to be perfect it's not possible but we can get as close as we can you know but if that's our desire but 
yeah, I think the I think that's a real sign of a mature creative person is when you're like, yeah, okay, well I accept that and um, you know, I'll grow from it and and keep it in my mind if it's valid, you know. Not all the times I think everybody and their mom and myself included think, thinks because they have a voice and the internet allows it they can be like thinking on their soapbox and just fucking have at it, you know, and it's sure. can be a bit frustrating and and annoying at the same time. It's not yeah. it's unnecessary, but it's kind of just the it's kind of like what seems to be happening with the world itself, just with communication and stuff. But no, I think it's killer. I think I, good on you for first off, good on you for sticking with it. Um, 99% of people wouldn't, I think, you know, so sticking with it and being interested in it enough and to do it on top of all your other things, um, you know, high five, virtual high five to you for <laughs> accomplishing a goal, you know, cause that's a big goal. It's, it's a long goal and it's smart that you took it one little bite at a time and just kind of kept, you know, kept it always in your head and keep going at it. Um, being a content yeah, creator and IP kind of a new IP kind of person is a very risky in a sense because you just don't know, you know, every sure. day is a Well, question. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, for, again, you know, the whole, the series was all just about doing what I wanted to do. And there was no, you know, there was no, uh, thought given to how will this be received? Who's this for? Sure. Cause it was, it was just for me. And, you know, so it was, you know, none of that stuff ever crept in, you know, to the, to the work, you know, worrying about how it was received. Um, or even taking the risk really. Cause it was just, you know, if I just created it and it went nowhere, that was fine because it serves its purpose, you know. Yeah. The fact that people seem to like it and that it's kind of evolved into, you know, a few other avenues, though, with the model kit, the snowboards, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, that's that's just all kind of, you know, icing on the cake, so to speak. You know, I'm just happy that some people can get some enjoyment out of it as much as I got out of it, you know. Sure. Like that uh and I think, you know, that's at the end of the day, that's kind of, again, while not looking for it to be accepted in any way, you know, when someone, you know, points out how much they like it or seem to read into it more than just kind of the, a glance and saying that's cool, you know, I think those that's kind of the most kind of rewarding stuff from it, you know. Like I had this guy in Sweden, I just finished doing a piece for him because he wanted, he commissioned a personal piece Hmm. where all the symbology and iconography within the piece is relative to him, but it's very much like an EK piece, you mm -hmm. know, with all cool. the motifs and everything. So that was really interesting experience taking this total personal work into, you know, this kind of, although it was a private commission, but it was just interesting to, you know, have him feed me all the symbology and all the meaning and, all the stuff behind it yeah. as opposed to it just kind of just doing it from my own head, you know? So yeah, that was, that was cool. That's really cool. You know, it's cool that when people, when you throw out something like that and people respond to it in a different way beyond, like you said, just the surface level. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. And you get that feedback from people and just direct strangers and it connects you to other people more, you know, directly, which is great as well. So yeah, that's killer, dude. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's uh, a <clears throat> when you can reach that kind of level of communication, it's cool. It's very finite, I think, and it's thin, you know, because most people just look at it from the surface level and then they get more out of it later on, you know. But 
Um, that's, that's awesome. Yeah and, yeah. and I noticed that you do use quite a few, like, um, I guess, I guess we can relate it to some spiritual and re religious kind of mathematical symbology and stuff, huh? Yeah. The, uh, you know, the, the, again, like the inspiration for the individual pieces all come from different sources, but I tried to find elements within those sources and then kind of cross reference them with, with, you know, spiritual symbols or religious symbols in the sense that they made, you know, sense to that particular piece. Sure. Um, and then incorporated them in there. You know, it's just, uh, it's something that felt right at the time. Yeah. You know, and, 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 uh, yeah. So that's, there's a lot of little hidden nuggets in there, you know, that are sometimes are personal stuff, you know, and some of the pieces were, uh, created based on my kind of emotional state or mental state at the time, you know, sure. so, yeah. you know, some of the, uh, I use, you know, icons and symbols to represent, you know, different people involved in those situations and that kind of stuff just to kind of, uh, even just to uh, get it get it out of myself, you know, like to as a way of dealing with those emotions or dealing with those feelings. So yeah, there was a lot of a lot of little things in there that uh, uh, some of them I reference in the book, some of them I don't, but uh, they're they're in there. Yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, it's I guess it's like you really put yourself into it wholeheartedly and. And the result and the re and the return was really strong and significant too. So, yeah, and, and people were connected with it. You know, like when I was looking through the book too, one thing I thought was really beautiful and the artist that did the freaking 3D modeling. Oh, Gene, yeah. Jeez, yeah, he's, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's a really printer good. He's of like, 2D for 3D. It's crazy. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. Gene's a guy that uh, I worked with him in Vancouver uh, for a little while, and then. Uh, when I moved over to Victoria to move to Microsoft, uh, Gene came as well. Mm. So we worked together there. And yeah, he's just, he's an amazing modeler. Uh, like he's, not only is he like really good, he's like really fast, you mm. know, like when he's interested in something, he's sure. just like, he just goes crazy on it. And uh, yeah, he's, he's an amazing modeler. I you know, feel very uh, privileged that he takes the time to, you know, to do that stuff. That's you great. know, when he, he's a busy guy as well. So he, uh you know, carves out some time to, to do that. And we have, we have a few more kits in the work with Industria Mechanica. Oh yeah. Cool. Um, I need to get some of these cause they're really beautiful. Yeah. The kits turned out great. You know, like I think everyone, you know, involves at each step of that process is really interested. I mean, Michael, again, the guy that runs the company, you know, he's, he's super into it and he's all about, again, they're very like, you know, very niche market, small run model kits, you know, totally. but he's all about like the quality and, you know, sacrifices everything for quality, which is, you know, kind of a, a unique thing. Yeah. Um, in this world of, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, it is. And then the, you know, uh, you know, ownage, the company that does the actual printing and the breaking out into the model kit, it's killer. you know, they, they did a really good job. So it's, yeah, it's kind of a labor of love across, you know, all parties involved, you yeah. know, so it's, 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 it's really cool. Look at you, yeah, though, you've got, attracted those people, you know, like if you wouldn't have put this time in to do this and focus on these things, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to do so, you know, but because you reach, you know, reach deep inside yourself or whatever to find these, I guess, ideas and you're able to. 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, there's you know, like most of the people that have contacted me and or we've done um, you know little side projects based on the series seems to have the same mindset, yeah. which is which is really cool. You know, like even I just recently there's this uh, uh, Dutch experimental musician named Kensho, and he just licensed. Uh, a few of the pieces for a series of EPs that he put out. Mm, And it was just really interesting that, you know, his, this trilogy of EPs, uh, like his actual process in terms of, you know, finding him, finding his true self, you know, finding out, you know, that it's all about the same stuff that the series was about. So it's really interesting that these, you know, these similar mindsets and these similar things kind of attract each other and, you know connect with each other yeah 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 Yeah, i think also do you are you when you create these kind of things are you um are you do you have these emotions in mind or once sometimes and what i'm trying to get at it's kind of abstract but when you create this are you thinking of the these emotional ideas or like once you're done with it do you go like oh yeah that's probably what i was intending you know is that something more or less like it because usually for me when i create stuff i it's very up subconscious I just kind of going and making it. And then when I look back at it, I apply the meaning that I felt that I was probably fringing on, I guess, without even realizing it, you know? Sure. I mean, there's definitely a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, most of these pieces, uh, you know, they started out as just, you know, these little tidbits of inspiration and then kind of evolved as I worked them up, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's, uh, yeah, I would say yes to both. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. kind of those things seem to kind of go through all these pieces. You know, where you start with an idea, that's still that idea or that initial inspiration is still there. But it's really interesting when you know after they're done, you know, you f- see other meanings or try to you know interpret them or figure out why why was that idea so inspiring and you know and you you see other stuff coming through in the work. Totally. You know? so yeah it's, it's exactly yeah and pour it back in but uh yeah so there's definitely definitely both you know um some of the pieces more than others you know some of them started with a very firm just you know visual idea and then afterwards you know you can kind of see something in there but where others you know start with more of that uh you know a very kind of direct idea and that just carries right through to the end so yeah that's killer man it's cool. It's cool to pick that up too from you and see it like kind of, I don't know, like I said, I was compelled once I got the book and I was like, okay, this is cool. I dig it. And I was reading some of this stuff and I was like, oh, this is cooler. He's got like a brain and this is, this is beyond like just, you know, fancy art stuff. And then, and then I was really connected by the idea that you, you know, your mentality. And I thought that's what, um, like totally sealed the deal for me. And I was compelled to email you. I email uh, quite a few artists. A lot of um, people that listen to the podcast will send me requests or just people that they want to hear more on. And, and sure. I try to do that. And, and I and I get a lot of um, rejections. Not rejections, but just like, oh, I'd love to, but I just, I'm not, I'm not very good at the podcast kind of stuff. And that's totally understandable. You know, it's just not easy to throw yourself out there and talk to a complete stranger about like, sure. you know, this kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's promotion and we're talking about cool shit that we enjoy and stuff. So it's, has a two, two way street on it. But, um, what I was going to say is, uh, 
You know, I just think it's great. I think it's awesome that um, that you've created the book. And and I was going to ask you too: is um, are you what's like what's next for you? Do you have another kind of goal in mind, or do you know what that might be, or are you taking a break from it all, or do you see you building out more from here, or you know? Um, well, I mean, I, I have other other personal projects that I you know, like to get started on, you um, do some more books or going to do, I, I would love to. Stuff? Yeah. You know, like I, I would certainly would, uh, you know, love to do, to do more. Um, right now, like, as I mentioned, like I, the last few months have just been, I left the studio environment and doing a little more freelance stuff now, mm. you know, and the response has been amazing, you know, like lot, lots of work and stuff. So, at the moment, I'm just been so slammed, you know, that sure. I haven't had a chance to get to get started on anything. Well, when I say, at least putting, you know, pen to paper, you know, I'm cranking on several ideas in my head that one of them will win out, and I'll get started on that soon. But uh, yeah, so far it's just been, you know, working for the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, that whole balance thing, you know, like I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting my handle on that. So I'm going to have some more time coming up in the future to get started on probably one or two ideas and I'll see which one, you know, really kind of carries through. Sure. Um, and you know, they're, they're, uh, both the ideas, one of them's a little more is actually a project that I've wanted to do for years and had even started before I started this book, but it, you know, it's one of these projects that, as I mentioned before, a lot of my personal work started taking kind of like a more kind of production art kind of slant. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, you know, at least at that time, I wasn't in a place where I could I could do that in my personal life as well as while I'm working. So uh, I might I might be doing that next, or I have another series in mind that is a little more abstract mm. that I might get started on as well. So hopefully by you know, later in the spring, I'll get started on them and, you know, see, see where they take me anyways, you know, go, go through that, that adventure again of, you know, just really diving into something and seeing where it goes. Yeah. And if, and if it turns into, you know, a book or whatever, more gallery stuff, more whatever, we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, that's yeah. good, man. That's good to be optimistic about, you know, what the future will bring you and stuff as well. Do you feel that, um, that you, if you could make a, you know, a wish for your career that you could just kind of focus on just your own stuff? Is that would be, would that be a, a goal of yours? Uh, I mean, I, yes and no. Like, I mean, I, I certainly, you know, like that idea, um, of, you know, just being able to work on your own stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, and I certainly, I respect people that do that. You know, I got a friend here in Victoria who's a sculptor and, you know, that's what he does. I mean, he's just a sculptor, you know, and he just creates his own sculptures and gets commissions here and there. And, you know, he's just like, it's like an amazing, it's amazing to watch, you know, but, uh, uh, on the flip side of that though, I mean, you know, I also like, working with people you know i like the collaborative effort of working with others and you know a lot of the work i do now is you know back for a company i worked with before i went to microsoft next level over in vancouver and even though i'm working remotely 
you know, I love working with those guys, you know, like a bunch of my really good friends all work there, you know, so it's really nice to kind of collaborate with them creatively, you know, on stuff and, and uh, get their perspectives on things and see what they're doing. And, you know, so that's, that's really cool as well. So I, I really enjoy both of them. So I, I wouldn't want to lose out on them, but uh, yeah, you know, I think that uh, I would like to do more of my own stuff. It's again, back to what we were talking about before balance and time, right. Having the time to do that. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, uh, you know, I think at the, at the, for the time being, I'll keep both strands going as, as well as I can and uh, see where, see where it goes. Awesome. That's a, I think that's the only way to really approach this stuff, you know? So, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously having like a, you know, I mean, I do have like, you know, more fixed goals into, you know, I'm going to, I am going to do this, but at the same time, it's, you know, they don't really exclude the other options. So, yeah, um, I don't know. It's been weird. Like, I mean, you mentioned to me, like, you know, working from home, like that's a new experience for me. I've mm-hmm. only been doing it for the last, you know, four months. And that's been interesting, you know, like <laughs> yeah. getting out of the, getting out of this, out of the studio environment and working from home where like, you know, your commute, I mean, my commutes have never been too far, you know, like here in Victoria, like I used to ride my bike, like a 15 minute ride down to Microsoft. Um, but that's now awesome. it's, you know, uh, you know, 20 second walk into the little studio space. I have, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. you know that, that commute time is gone and but uh and there's just a weird like you know when you're working in the studio you just have that mental shift of like okay i'm here and it's time for work where it's at home it's like you know kids are running kids are running around and and you know there's tons of other distractions do you have a closed off space to work in uh no it's not actually closed off like our we have this little nook that comes off the kitchen that leads out into the back deck and that's where like my kind of office space is set up okay and i really like it in the sense that you know there's there's it's bright there's lots of light and i actually do like the fact that you know when the kids are home and stuff and there's stuff going on in the house like you know you can kind of keep a keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on you know instead of you know we have space and stuff downstairs where i could create you know an office if i wanted to but you know i kind of like the the open I've always worked in open concept offices as well. So maybe that's well, I've never worked at a company where, you know, you had an office. Oh, okay. So it's, it's always, kind of it's it. always, yeah, it's always been like open plan where you're sitting with your colleagues and stuff, you know, but uh, so maybe, maybe that's why I like it more, but the thought of closing myself up downstairs just doesn't seem right. So <laughs> for the time being, I'll, I'll stay upstairs, but uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, definitely a transition, but uh, it is it is it's a, you, know, you got to so be again, cautious so you can still stay productive and stuff. It's it can be a challenge with all the distractions and stuff. But. Exactly, but you know, again, embracing them. Yeah, exactly, and you know, getting back to what I, we were talking about before, like if I just went fully working on my own stuff all the time, like I don't know, I don't know how that would be. You yeah, know, like I don't know if that'd that, be good, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, without that con contact of you know, your peers and your friends and that kind of thing. So, you Well, know. I think um, there is a way to do that. Um, sorry, I'm eating a shake right now. No, go ahead. Vitamix shake. Woo! I like, <laughs> made like a, a kale and beet shake. 
Nice. Yeah. So healthy. Yeah. yeah, man. Um, I just turned 31 uh, on Tuesday. And yeah. I'm just like, fuck, man, my body hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old. I'm getting older. So I'm like, <laughs> I've been, my wife and I have been, uh, the, we bought a Vitamix like a year ago or so. And oh, yeah. So breakfast and lunch is usually just a really awesome shake filled with all kinds of goodies. Good stuff. Just, yeah, my wife makes those all the time. Like just, you know, so many vegetables and yeah, kale and greens and all this stuff. And so good, man. It, I mean, yeah, I've actually, you know, she's. She usually gives some to me, and you know, I've, I'm coming around. <laughs> what do you mean, potato guy? Uh, like, give me really. my bacon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean we've we've uh, we try to eat as healthy as we can, and our daughter is, uh, you know, she's got some gluten issues and mm. some other allergies and stuff. So we a lot of people do. Yeah, exactly. Common yeah. thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we you know we try to eat as healthy as possible. We you know pretty much all organic and wow and uh yeah victoria is really nice for that you know we got a couple villages just in walking distance where we can just you know organic produce killer all that stuff so so yeah so that that makes things things a little easier but uh yeah yeah eating good food it's good man <laughs> it's, it, it helps it helps you in general I, I don't know how it's been so long in my life where I wasn't, I mean, my mom was big on health foods and yep. eating healthy and stuff. And then when I left, I was like, fuck it. I'm eating ice cream every day, all day <laughs> long. I don't care. My friends would laugh at me because I'd be sitting there with like a whole gallon of ice cream. Are you serious? And I'd just eat it. I'd just eat that. I'd be like, that'd be my dinner. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I rebelled and then, uh, and then it caught up to me a little bit and, and, uh, and I'm just like, dude, this doesn't feel good. So I need to. I need to get back into a healthy regiment and stuff. So, but also like, uh, I used to cook, I used to cook professionally too, like oh, you did? restaurants and stuff. And yeah. I felt that, uh, getting, I'm getting back in touch with cooking again because it's so much fun. Sure. I just really enjoy it. And last night I made a really cool meal and the girls were really stoked on it. So, and they're a bit finicky with what they like. So I was like, yes. And I hit all kinds of like success. shit that they hate, you know, I <laughs> usually stuff that they pull out, I, I snuck it in there and they didn't even know. So I was like, yes, yeah, suckers. Nice. Eat nice. healthy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just makes it fun, you know? So and it's all, it's all a part of the experience, I guess, you know, but yeah, man. Um, well, shit, dude. This is uh, it's been a really awesome talk because it's been good to kind of get to know you a little bit more um, beyond just reading your book and, and experiencing that. And it's been really cool being able to buy the book to support um, not only Scott and his company, but more importantly, you yourself who created the content. And um, it's really rad um, to be able to be a part of that, you know. So, cool, and anybody man. that's listening, yeah, anybody that's listening too, and, and you're very welcome. Anybody that's listening that. Um, um, we're going to have links to your book and, and your website and stuff. And if you're in, at all interested, you should support him and support what he's doing because it's a, it's a cool thing. You know, I think it's rad when people go out on a limb and put their hard work into doing things and create their own content. And, and, and um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's just cool, you know, and even if it's just like a, you know, a book that sits on your shelf that you pull inspiration from it once in a while, it's, it's uh, totally worth it to, you know, exchange that hey, thank you, or a nod, you know, so not of not of making something, so yeah, man, yeah, I, sure. I really enjoyed it, and, and it's actually been really cool just getting a chance to chat with you, and we should definitely keep in touch, because uh, 
some cool tips that we could probably exchange to one another as far as like just things that we've learned along the way with all this stuff because i've been working at home for i don't know it's like two and a half years now so oh yeah it's it's a bitch but it, i've got it figured out somewhat decently i guess <laughs> Rhythm, nice. a little bit yeah i'm trying to it's not the easiest thing but i've been trying to so but yeah. it's, it's working slowly slowly but yeah it's coming along where, but, where were you working before before you're at home i was working at a friend's company for like three months um yeah. he was he had like a design uh, like a little design firm down here in san diego um, so, and then before that, I was working at a, a big studio in Hollywood area or Santa Monica area um, at yeah. a place called Prologue. That's where I started my career, actually. Yeah. And then uh, ever since then, it was just madness. And then, boom, and I'm in the movie stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Kind of so that fun. sounds like fun. You know, like. Tons of and work. And what was the, what was the uh, what made you go freelance? Was it just a choice? You wanted more freedom, or? There's a lot of things I think it was all adding up, but um, like uh, we're all centered, like my family and everybody's down here in San Diego. Yeah. And I love San Diego. I really don't like LA much at all. There's a couple of nice little areas, but I just don't like the city sure. in general. It's just not my kind of city. Yeah. Because um, I like green stuff and I don't like 7-Eleven, so it's like it's like 7-Eleven <laughs> every <laughs> fucking block there. <laughs> and uh, but no, LA has some really beautiful spots. So I'm you know like it has some fucking awesome spots, but it's sure. just I'm not really keen on that city. And so, um, and a lot of the work in my, in the beginning, I thought a lot of the work was all in LA and and in general it is, but it's all over the world now. And, and, uh, so I was kind of focusing, um, I was just, I thought that I would have to do a freelance because I just couldn't, I couldn't do it from home. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't keep commuting because I commuted to LA every day for a year and it was like six hours a day of commuting from San Diego. Yeah. It was like six hours total a day. It was just. Is this that's, that's insanity. It was, man. I, I <laughs> literally came to the end of myself after a year of that. So, yeah. And I realized what I was capable of doing and what I wasn't, and what I was willing to pay the price for, and all that stuff. So, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, I think right freelancing on. is the way to go, personally. Um, and uh, and I have a couple of big things I'll share with you after this podcast because it's not revealed yet. But I have a couple of really big projects that I'm excited to reveal. I think it's going to cool. be in May, but it's I'm going to try and demonstrate that you can get a really big, important things done. Like many people have proven many times already without being yeah. all in the same area or same space. Sure. Of course it helps. I wish I could be there right now and talk with you. It'd probably be a lot easier and, and probably maybe weirder, I guess. I don't know. Because I'd oh, be sitting nice on your lap and like, <laughs> <laughs> or you used to be nice sitting on my that. lap. I don't know, you know, so. Yeah, it does. It, yeah, I mean, it does make things easier, but it's interesting how the, you know, like, like you said, I mean, you, you can be anywhere. Yeah. You know, like as long as you're, you get your communication and feedback loops sorted out, yep. you know, it, it's, it's not a, it's not a big deal, you know, and, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is always nice to, you know, have that human, more human connection of, you know, face to face and, you know, but, uh, it's an old school connection, you know, you can do a video call. It's true. And it works <laughs> and it works. It works well. Anything other than fucking emails. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, emails. I know I'm a horrible typer, so I hate email. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep our emails, uh, thin then. So I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, cool, man. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me on. I mean, it's, Dude, been, absolutely. Uh, it's been great talking to you and I appreciate your interest in, in the book and, and my stuff. So 
you know, yeah. again, thanks, thanks, thanks again. And, uh, and yeah, we'll keep in touch and please do. Yeah. Hope, and, to, uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Please. Yeah. And, and like, you know, thank you so much for your time and, and for doing what you're doing. It's inspiring for, to all of us, myself included, because I want to be doing my own thing as well. So, and I really resonate with it. So I just think it's rad that you're willing to share your story and share what you're doing. And I think in return that, you know, like it's good to, you know, you're going to get a good return on that, you know? So yeah. Killer man. Awesome. Have a great day. Enjoy. Um, hopefully the sunny weather up there somewhat cloudy. cloudy. Uh, It was sunnier earlier. It's (laughs) kind of fog rolled in. It's spitting here now. Yeah. It's definitely not San Diego weather up there, Uh. up here, you know, it's a little, (laughs) actually it was funny. I was down in, in, LA at the end of January mm. and early February. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, up here it was just like freezing cold. Yeah, yeah. And go go down there and you know, me and my family were all wearing shorts and yeah. t-shirts and stuff and <laughs> everyone in LA's got, you know, jackets and toques on. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's all relative, right? Like It is. It is. Yeah. And yeah, we think know, like when we think it's cold, winter. it's like 60. <laughs> oh, it's cold out. It's cold. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 50, exactly. 50 degrees. It was like 55 degrees the other night, and I was like, shit, it's cold out. <laughs> but I was wearing, like, board shorts and a tank top, so, yeah, that was my oh, fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, optimum weather. I, th- we live in a, I live in an area that's, like, one of the, the most optimal weather zones in the world, I guess, or something like oh, that. Yeah. It's the most consistent. So, all right. Oh, yeah, I heard that. I heard that, yeah. yeah it's pretty interesting. Ago. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. I keep it. Like outside, it's a freaking amazing sunny day right now. So, yeah, I haven't been. I haven't been down there for since I was a kid. And my my wife and or my sorry, not my wife. My brother and his wife and their family they go down to San Diego all the time. They live in Seattle. Okay. They go down. They go down there. I think it's like at least once a year just to you know enjoy the weather and hang out and whatnot. So. I have I to remind myself that then, that people come in vacation here, so I should enjoy it every day <laughs> instead of being in a fucking box, pushing my head into the the monitor, so <laughs> burning my life away. Yeah, get outside. <laughs> yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, keep kicking ass, and uh, yeah, I'll have a link to all your work and uh, at the bottom yeah. of the t- of the of the, all these feeds, and and uh, yeah, everybody check out his work, and um, you know. Send him a, a nice love letter. <laughs> yeah, killer or man. Hate mail. Either or, like we no, said earlier. No all, hate mail. You can good. write it, just don't send it. Okay. Yeah. So if you need to get it out of your system, do it and then delete it. Don't be a don't be a jackass. So <laughs> too big. That's what they'll say. Anyway, uh, yeah, cool man. All right, buddy. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you later. Have a great day, man, and congratulations on all your success and, and doing all that stuff. It's killer. Cool. Yeah, so